Has God ever parted the sea for you? That is to say, have you ever found yourself in a situation that seems dire, with a vast ocean on one side and a powerful conquering force on the other, no escape in sight? And then there's a way out. The solution may not seem as miraculous as a corridor through walls of water. The solution may be more pedestrian, like a helpful community of friends who will fill the fridge and walk the dog while you sit vigil at the hospital. Or that friend of a friend that lets you know of an available job in your field after a long, dry spell. The way out may not look like a corridor through water either, but it might be that you take off your shoes and wade into that ocean. You face your fear of whatever is out there in the vastness, and then you discover that while it looks deep, it's actually quite shallow. It's warm and soothing, that water, but it's too muddy for the horses and the chariots to follow you. I do not want to downplay the terrifying choice that the Israelites had to make. With the Egyptians breathing down their necks, they looked into walls of water rising on either side. They had to walk into that water against every other instinct they had. Water that God had surely stirred. They had to lean hard on their faith because this was not a normal situation and this was not a normal solution. They were entering God territory. Or maybe they were recognizing that they had always been in God territory. They plunged forward with that trust in mind. The story of the exodus from Egypt is the story of a people, the Israelites, and how they learned through hardship and trial and error, through mistakes and difficult lessons, to trust God, to believe that God is God above all and above all else. It is our story, this one is, the story of how we too come to understand and trust those things. Through the story of Exodus, we learn that God will take us halfway there. That is, God will part the seas sometimes, or show us a way, or light a path with fire and cloud. But we have to go the other half. That is, we have to get over our fear of fire, cloud, or walls of water. We have to get over our desire to trust only our way to proceed with cautious confidence that the pillar of fire will indeed lead us the right way, or that those parted walls of water will stay secure because God has assured it. Our Exodus reading this morning stops short of what I believe to be the best part of the story. What we skip over is the rejoicing. We get the exciting stuff, the chariots and the running and the water. 
We get all that. We get the crossing through and the crashing down and all those wheels and horses tossed. And then the story this morning is over. But what happens next in our Bible? The rejoicing. We miss Moses singing this song to his companions, dry and unharmed on the other side of the Red Sea, looking over the conquering of those who had tried to destroy them. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, sings Moses. Horse and rider has he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my might, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in splendor, doing wonders? Moses and Aaron and prophet Miriam sing and dance with their friends, rejoicing to the God who rules over all things. God parted the sea for them. God made a way for them. And then in their faith and trust in that same God, they went the rest of the way. They were wild with joy. They were exuberant in their gratitude. In a few minutes, you may have heard through the grapevine, we are going to try something new in our Sunday worship. There will be a screen. It's going to be okay. (laughs) We're going to get to hear a Red Sea story by one of our own. Only unlike the lectionary for today, we will also get to hear the rejoicing, the expression of extraordinary grace that God offers. We will hear a member of our congregation respond to God's grace with generosity. There are many reasons why we choose to give, to make ourselves feel better, perhaps, to get the canvas committee to stop calling, to help keep this good place from falling down around us, to fund the programs that we believe will change the world or change the city or at least keep our kids on track. There are many reasons that we give to the good work that this church does. And this morning, we hear another, gleaned from our reading from the Old Testament. We give out of gratitude. We give in our rejoicing. We give because God has parted the Red Sea for us many, many times. God has shown us a way where there was no way. God has shown us how to take the first steps on the path through the wilderness. In our story of the parting of the Red Sea, we are reminded, as the Israelites were reminded, of the extraordinary grace of God, a grace we continue to experience today in, among many other things, community, worship, information in each other. And it is in that grace that we are bound to put our trust when things are wonderful and when things are difficult, when the sea is in front of us and the army is at our back. God shows us a way and then offers us 
the chance to be faithful, to trust even when we're afraid. God is trustworthy. God is faithful. God is good all the time. Our annual canvas kicks off today with 100% participation from our vestry. At our vestry retreat this weekend, the governing body of the parish gathered to begin some wonderful conversations that we will continue in the coming years about how to best allocate our funds, how to inspire growth in our community. We have the opportunity to spread the good news to spread the gospel, to spread the word about our good and grace-filled and trustworthy God. We have the opportunity to bring more people into this intelligent and quirky and faithful community under Christ. We together have the combined knowledge and the energy to grow this church, to provide more opportunities, to expand the depth and the breadth of who we are and who we serve and how we serve them. And the only way we will continue to be able to do these things and live even more fully into this calling that we have been answering for over a hundred years is by giving to make them happen. We can give for any of the reasons that I mentioned before. Guilt, the desire to keep these buildings from caving in, sheer habit. And we will happily take any of those pledges and any of those checks. But I want to challenge you this year, as you are prayerfully considering how much you will pledge to the work of our parish in 2015, think of those Israelites rejoicing on the far side of the Red Sea, Hear their song echo across all these generations into our nave, in Ellis Hall, into the Children's Center, through Covenant Community, and around Threads. Hear Moses and Aaron and Miriam singing their joy and their gratitude in your life, in your house, in your workplace, around your dinner table. The Lord is my strength and my might, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, and I will exalt him. God is providing for you, for me, for all of us, a way to accomplish incredible things that not one of us can do alone. God is carrying us halfway there. Our part is to trust enough in God to move from a place of fear to a place of faith and then respond with joy and gratitude and give generously from that place. Trust in the God who has parted the sea for you. Do not be afraid. Step into dry land and rejoice at the wonders God has done. Amen.